Praise the Lord, church. Can we put our hands together? Praise the Lord, church. Anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. Can we stand to our feet? Can we put our hands together? Is anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. It is Sunday. We're going to worship and praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. How many know we're standing on the promises of God? Can somebody signal by just clapping their hands? Anybody know we're standing on the promises of God? In the book of Deuteronomy 31 and 8, it says, And the Lord, he is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. Can we put our hands together knowing that the Lord will not fail us? He will not forsake us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Can we put our hands together in this place? Come on, let's clap our hands. Hallelujah, Jesus. Bless your name, O oh Lord.
seconds all over the sanctuary. Let's just thank the Lord for being so good to us. Oh God, we adore you. We love you, Lord God. We thank you for waking us up this morning, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We are standing on your promises, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, we love you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. Praise God. We want to take this time out to greet everyone in the mighty name of Jesus. We want to welcome everyone into the house of God this morning. We're so glad that you're here to worship the Lord with us this morning. Amen. We pray that before the service is concluded this morning, the Lord will meet you where you are. Amen. The Lord will touch you. Amen. Something will happen that you would never expect to happen because we are serving a God that kept our keep his promises. Amen. Our God is able. Amen. So this morning, before we continue our service this morning, we have a few prayer requests we're going to pray. Amen. First of all, if there's any prayer among us this morning and one need requests, we're going to ask you to raise your hand in the sanctuary this morning. Look around. If you can help me this morning, I want you to help us pray. Look around. See all the hands that raised this morning that needs requests. Amen. I got a few names also. If you're able to remember all the names. Amen. Uh, we actually touch and agree for these names. We actually pray for Sister Cunningham. Um, Sister Cummins' daughters. Her name is Crystal. Pray for her that the Lord will touch her body and be with her. Amen. We ask you to pray for Angeline, mom and family this morning. Amen. If you can remember those names. Amen. Our own brother Oscar is not here with us this morning. Pray that God will touch his body likewise this morning. Amen. We ask you to pray also for, um, for Jacqueline. Amen. Collins this morning. Keep Jacqueline's in your prayer. We also have another name, Brian. Amen. Just keep Brian in your name. And we ask you to pray for Donovan, uh, for healing and salvation. Amen. Sister Madeline, uh, keep her in our prayers. The Jones family, keep them in our prayers. The Cook family, amen. You know they lost um, their dad over the weekend, amen. So just keep them in the prayer that God will continue to strengthen them and encourage them, amen. And again, you see all the hands that raised this morning. So at this time, we're going to go to the Lord and pray this morning. Ask Him to touch us this morning, be with us, amen. Don't forget, ask the Lord to give us the victory this morning that when the service concludes, amen, we can get some answers this morning, amen. Let's go to the Lord and pray this morning. Father God, we love you. We thank you for your promises this morning, oh God. We're so glad we gather together one more time in your presence to worship you, Lord God, to honor your name, to glorify your name, to give you praise this morning. You're truly great and greatly to be praised. Father God, we honor you, Lord God. We adore you. We thank you, Lord God, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord God, for your mercies. We thank you for your love, oh God. We thank you, Lord God, for bringing us here in this place this morning, oh God. 
God, where we can worship you. Oh, God, we thank you for all the good things that you have done for us. Oh, God, you have made promises to us, and you have fulfilled the promises, oh, God, that we so desire, Lord God. We're serving a God that we know that do all things and can do all things. Father God, as we pray this morning, first of all, Lord God, we actually, Lord God, touch every hand that raised this morning into this facility this morning, Lord God. Whatever their needs are, Lord God, spiritual, physical, emotion, or financially, Lord God, we pray and ask you that you will touch every hand that raised in this place this morning. Oh God, give them the victory, Lord God. Help them to know, Lord God, that they're serving a God that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which we actually think. And Father God, as we pray this morning, we pray in the name of Jesus, oh God, that you'll be with us, oh God, that you'll keep us, Lord God. We ask, Lord God, that the hands of the Lord will be upon us in the service this morning. And Father God, as we pray, we ask you, Lord God, this morning to touch Sister Cummins, daughter Crystal, this morning. Touch her body, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, that whatever she's going through, oh God, you'll touch her body from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet this morning. We ask you, Lord God, to touch Angeline's mom this morning and family. Oh God, that you'll touch them this morning. Oh God, we know that you're Hebrew, Lord God. And Father God, as we pray, we pray for Brother Haskell this morning. Oh God, that whatever going on in his body, Lord God, we ask you to touch him from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. Let your eating virtue move up on him like never before, Lord God. Strengthen him, Lord God. I pray and ask you, Lord God, that you'll give him the victory, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord God, for Jacqueline Collins this morning. We ask you, Lord God, that you'll touch her body, Lord. Oh God, I pray and ask you to strengthen her, Lord God. Oh God, be with her, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, for Brian this morning. Oh God, I pray for salvation. Oh God, if it's healing in his body. Oh God, we ask you to touch him in the name of Jesus. Oh God, as we pray, we pray for Denivan, oh God, this morning. We pray, Lord God, that you'll touch him, oh God, for healing, oh God, and salvation, oh God, that he'll give his life to you, Lord God. Oh God, that you'll pour out your spirit upon him, Lord God. And Father God, as we pray for Sister Madeline today, Lord God, we ask you to touch her body likewise. Oh God, heal her completely, Lord God. Whatever is going on in her body, we ask you to touch her in the name of Jesus. Oh God, we pray for the Jones family this morning. Oh God, we ask you, Lord God, that you'll touch them. Oh God, that you'll be with them, oh God. I pray and ask you to strengthen them, oh God. I pray you'll give them strength and courage in this time. Oh Father God, as we pray, we pray for the Cook's family, Lord God, the Cook family, that you'll touch them this morning. Oh God, strengthen them. Oh God, comfort them. Oh God, I pray and ask you to be with them, oh God. I pray and ask you to bless all the family, Lord God. Father God, we ask you to bless the remaining portion of the service. Lord God, we look to you, Lord. We give you all the glory. Lord God, we give you all the honor. For you are great, and you are greatly to be praised. Let your will be done this morning. It's not our will, oh God, but that will be done. Father God, we know it's not by might, nor by power, but it's by your spirit. Oh God, we ask your will to be done. We love you, Lord God. We worship you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And can we just give the Lord another round of applause, everybody, as we continue to worship him in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd. He goes before me. 
this place. I know who I am because I know who I am. The power of the Lord is in this place. The power of the Lord is in the room. He's in the room. He's in the room. There's nothing left to prove. There's nothing left to prove. There's nothing left to prove. surrender our hands to the Lord and thank him. He's our champion. He is the conquering lion. He is everything. The king of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Now let's lift our voices unto him 
while we lift our hands and let us have some worship in the house. Worship him as you so see it fit for what he's done in your life. Hallelujah. He delivered you. He set you free. He, he brought you over. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We open our hearts and over our minds and our spirits to you, God, for what you're going to do in this place. Hallelujah. 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 I was just thinking as the song was being sung, as the praise and worship team was ministering, I want to encourage someone today that do not let your yesterday define your today. Come on. Do not let your yesterday define you for today. Let you know and be encouraged today that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. And behold, and because of that, I can lift my voice unto God. I'm not held captive by a situation that I want to forget. But even if I can't forget it, I know the God that has washed my sins away. When I repented of my sins, when I've given it to the Lord, I don't let things allow my life to be defined by my mistakes, by my circumstances. Because I know a God that is a champion, a God that will heal and deliver and has taken the burden from me. So when I can say and I look around and see what the Lord has done for me, I can run, I can do anything that in my power to know that I am a child of God and I have a purpose in Christ. I am defined not by what the naysayers say, but I'm defined by what the word of God says. So lift up your head, O ye gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty, and lift up your heads, open your mouth, hallelujah. Let not your yesterday define you for today, for today is the day of salvation. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice. Hallelujah. We will lift up our hands. We will to cry out to the Lord for being our champion, for being our God and King. Can I see someone lifting up holy hands before the Lord and say hallelujah to your King and to your God? In this atmosphere, come on, let's come out of our seats. Let's, let's worship the Lord and greeting one another in what we do as fellowship. In this sweet atmosphere, come on, you can go in and visit someone across the, the room and, and say, God, it's good to see you. I'm glad that you're here. Glad that you're here on this Sunday. Hallelujah. God is so good to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's greet one another in the love of the Lord. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. He's our champion. He's our God and King. Hallelujah. I'm not going to let my I'm going to be defined by my Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. What a sweet atmosphere in the house of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Make sure we greet our guests. Greet our guests, first-time visitors. If you haven't seen them, introduce yourself. Introduce your name. 
Hallelujah. And say that you're glad to see them in the house of God today. Hallelujah. Wonderful, 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 wonderful. Haven't seen some folk in some some time, and we're good. That we're glad to see them back. We're glad to see them back from their time of rest, time of recess. Hallelujah. And now they're reset to continue to worship and continue to work with the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, as you return, clap your hands in the house of God. As you return to your seat, come on, put your hands together before the Lord, giving God thanks for being here. Hallelujah. He's a good God. He's a merciful God. Hallelujah. He's a good God on any bad day. I said he's a good God on any bad day that we may feel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For with God, there can't be any bad days. Hallelujah. It's all good with him. It's all good with him. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Well, welcome to Christ in the church where Christ is our central focus. And we are thankful that you have come. Those who are watching right now, we want to yet extend ourselves to say thank you for being a part of our worship service. We thank you for being a member of our church. Thank you for our virtual church, our virtual space. And those who are yet watching around the world, we send greetings to those across the waves, across the seas, and across the oceans who have done the time to find us, whether you're watching it live right now or we'll watch it later. We want to welcome you in Jesus' name. Are we thankful for our online viewers, saints of God? I said, are we thankful for our online viewers, saints of God? For they are yet keeping the church going on our online viewership. But also we want to thank God for those who are present in the house. And if it's your first or if it's your second or your third time being in your family, Christ Center Church, can you indicate by standing at this time that we can recognize you if it's your first, second, or third time? Well, we, okay, yes, my sister from last week, God bless you. Come on, let's put our hands together for my sister and her daughter. Wonderful, you keep standing, keep standing. Hallelujah. Come on, let's recognize her and thank God for her presence. We thank God. You may be seated now. Thank you. Oh, you're part of us, my sister. God bless you. Good to see you. And yes, we thank God for everyone that are present. And we have so much. I know, of course, this is the time of where people will go and, and take the opportunity to go out and vacation. And, of course, circumstances that come that people may have to transition and doing things that are more serious. And they can't have the leisure of wanting to relax and enjoy themselves because it's hot out there, right? <laughs> It is hot out there, and it's the summer, almost going into the summer season, and so we all know we're going to try to enjoy ourselves while the sun and while the, the weather is as warm as it is, because we know when it comes in this, in this region of the, of, the, of the United States where it transitions and we have to get bundled inside, it's not as pleasant as it always is, but we're going to take advantage of this time, and we also give God thanks for, again, for our pastor and his wife. Can we put our hands together for our pastor and his lovely wife, Sister Wyatt? 
thank God for them. We thank God for those who are serving alongside with him in this great, awesome church. And we give God thanks. This is there's no other church you want to be in. If you want to be in any church around town, this is the church. I recommend this is the church that you want to put your foot in and your family in and see generations come through this church. You want to be a part of what God is doing here at Christ Center Church. And we give God thanks. We, we know that we are here because we're preparing for what God is about to do. I want to get, give you some short announcements. In about a, out of two weeks, let the church say two weeks. Come on, let the church say in two weeks. Two weeks Saturdays from now, we will have our church building dedication. Come on, put your hands together for that. Although we have been here since March, we're going to consecrate and dedicate this house as for open for business. I'm telling you, we have been open since March, but we are going to bring the worship. We're going to bring the praise. We're going to hear the word of God. Well, we're going to bring people to get blessed this side of the vineyard because people across the country and even across across seas and across uh, land spaces that have heard about what God is doing here. And we want to celebrate the accomplishment that God has already done in this house. And we thank God for the Bible says or for the, the song says, for we have come this far by faith. Leaning on the Lord, trusting in his holy word, he has never failed us. And we just can't turn back now, saints of God. We got to go full speed ahead, for there are souls to be added. Every seat you see, that's a person that you are going to be a part of this ministry. A person that's going to go down in the name of Jesus Christ with the remission of their sins. And we're going to see people filled with the Holy Ghost. And we're going to see generations upon generations. Because this house is a lighthouse for Hamilton, New Jersey, and for the state of New Jersey, and across the country. I believe it. I believe it. I believe, I believe what God has put us here is on assignment. Not borrowed time, but we're here on assignment to see God do some things in this part of the country. For we have a work to be done, and he's calling us to get on board. He's calling us to get our hands to the grind and to the plow to, to say, listen, we got to move this thing forward, for we got things to be done in God's kingdom. We have our church dedication, and we also have in one week on next Saturday, we have a work day, which is called a day of which we will yet come, and we are asking for volunteers. If you can lend a few hours to help us to prepare for what will be coming on the 24th. Those who can extend themselves, whether it be ladies or gentlemen, will be working in the church. This is our grounds, you know. And we want to make sure we want to prepare ourselves and whatever we can do, lend our time, lend our sacrifice. God will reward for those who are faithful. For we're just stewards of his, of this work. And we want to be faithful to his work. And at this time, saints of God, just as a brief announcement, we have our offering. We're going to be standing up right now. We're going to give to the Lord. Because it is time to give unto his kingdom. We also want to notify that we are also on our spiritual journey and our spiritual campaign and our reach pro uh, program that we're still continuing. We have as well uh, a few more months. Uh, we started two years ago in September of 2021. And we are still proceeding to continue the acts all of you all, if you can be gracious that you have given so beautifully, and we thank you, but we want to also understand that we have so many other expenses that we have to keep to make sure God was progressing this, this work here that he has given us. And we have done so many things around. If you look around, things didn't come as 
easy as you think it is, but God has been favorable to us. And we want to make sure that we continue to be a blessing. And T, God bless your family. And I know there's someone in their heart. If you feel that there's a tug on you to give, whether it be in this month until the 24th, there's something in your heart that you want to get give to the kingdom of God. Be obedient to the voice of God. Be obedient and see God do miracles and give God do a financial release. God to do something. I'm believing God for that because I'm certainly seeing God doing that in my life. Hallelujah. And we give God thanks for you all. Of course, you will be led by our ushers. They will continue to, to uh, guide you. Um, they are where they're located from the back. They'll start from the rear, and you will just follow their, their lead. And also, we will give electronically. There are ways of giving. You see the board? Of course, we all know, and those who are working at our kiosk stations where you can give electronically by, by means of debit and credit card. Come on, let's, let's give God praise for those who are serving in this church. We give God thanks for them. Hallelujah. Let's pray unto the Lord. Father, we give you thanks. For you alone are God, and we give you honor and praise for all that you've done. What you're continuing to do, we pray that, God, you will bless us. We pray that you will open doors for us, that in our giving, we pray that, God, you will put your stamprint on this church. We pray that we thank God for everyone who has come to be a blessing, and not only have been a blessing, but those who have come since the time we transitioned to this location and those who at the days of the firehouse. We thank you for the consistency of these people that have been so faithful, who has been so loving, have shared and given their time. I pray you bless every single one of them and their families, those who are not presently here. I pray you bless their families. Here and abroad, wherever they are, I pray that through their giving, and I pray not only through their giving, but through their presence, that they will receive something, that they will be an impact to whoever they have come across in this life. In Jesus' name, let's all say amen. Amen. God bless you. We will have our ministers.
our feet and worship with the musicians. Somebody worship him in this place. Somebody worship him in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus.
doors fling wide, I see glory as I run inside the throne before you. this morning. Let God have his way this morning in your heart, in your mind, and in your thoughts. Oh God, we lift our hands to you this morning. And we say, have your way in us this morning, oh great God. Your will be done, almighty God, and not our will. We're so grateful. We're we're so thankful for your goodness, your kindness, your mercy, Lord God for allowing us to be here together one more time. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, 
Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Oh, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Give him one more hand clap of praise. God is so good. We thank him for his goodness. Amen. I welcome all of you this morning to Christ Center Church. I'm so glad that you're here with us. So good to be with you in the house of the Lord this morning. Those of you who are here in person, those of you who have joined us via live stream, our online congregation, we greet you in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I always brag on our online congregation and you as well, but most times people don't often think about uh, people that are committed to just being involved in the things of God and being a part of the kingdom of God. And I was sharing with some folks yesterday, I said, you know, interestingly enough, um, they was trying to convince me to open up a church in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. <laughs> Working hard. So you got to get a church down here. I said, that's not what God told me, so I can't do anything when it's pertaining to the kingdom of God without him telling me to do that. But they, they are straight telling me, come on, you got to start a church in Fort Lauderdale. So I told them the best thing we can do right now for you is for you to join us via live stream. And we, we have to work with that for now until we see what God wants to do. I'm not going to Fort Lauderdale. Trust me. God didn't send me there. I didn't believe that God sent me there. So I'm not worried about that. But it, it, it was very interesting to let them know that you can still be a part of what God is doing here in Jersey and across this nation through our live stream. And so we thank God for that. The devil always try to do his thing and God will always use his creation and all his method for good. I'm not telling you that um, social media and all of this live stream stuff is of the devil. Jeff Arnold might say it is, <laughs> but I'm not telling you it is. Um, but what I do know is a lot of times we use social media and, um, you know, where we are in technology, we use it for more bad than we do good. And so because we use it for more bad than we do good, people think it's of the devil. But technology is neutral. T technology is not bad, it's not good, it is what you use it to do. But we think of it as being bad because a lot of people use it for more bad than they do good. But we're so glad that God has helped us to be at this place and at this point. Church, I got to tell you. I don't, I, I don't know how I can communicate what I really feel, but I'll do my best in trying to communicate to you. I am praying that this word that God has given me will help you be changed just like that today. Whatever it is, wherever it is that you are in your spiritual life or you're not, I pray that this word of God today will do something. You know how they like to say, it will hit different this morning because... I cannot tell you. I know there are other people just as qualified or more qualified than I am to say what I'm about to say. But I can't say it enough. I said this. I ministered the whole week and I was gone. I went to Fort Lauderdale to do a funeral. And the whole time I touched down 1.30 Thursday, I haven't stopped ministering and I'm still ministering. I just It's just what it is. But. I said this to a lot of people that I encountered. I was at the repast yesterday. And I said, there are people that while they were living for themselves in the world, they hustled. They sold drugs. Not knock. Just listen to what I'm saying. There were some 
that they were drinkers. There were some that they were partiers. They loved to go to parties. There were some that they just was hustlers. And people that were in the world have all these different things that they practice and that they, they, it become, became accustomed to who they are and that's just how they were living their life. And it was hard for them to let go of it. And I said, you know what God has done for me? That is just unexplainable. God has given me a life of all the above when I was in the world. All the above. When you talk to me, you're not talking just to somebody that used to drink. When you talk to me, you're not talking to somebody that was just in the street. You're talking to somebody that got it all covered. And if I can see that the things of God is so much better than the things of this world, if you don't hear me, I don't know who else you will hear. When, when the rich man died and went to hell, he told Moses, he says, go and tell my brothers that they don't need to be down here. And the word of God says, no, they have the prophets. They have the, the teachers and the preachers. And sometimes we're waiting for somebody special to bring us a word. And we keep telling ourselves that we're going to change one day. And tomorrow is not promised. I'm in the funeral and I said, we're all here today and nobody knows if your funeral will be the one we are together again for. Nobody knows. So why are we waiting to go full-fledged? I'm telling you, I would love for every one of you to come talk to me one-on-one and tell me, as you are living in the world, if you are, what you are doing. I met some people that was from where I was from in Jamaica. And they couldn't tell me nothing that I didn't know. They said, no, 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 no. This dude, different. I'll tell you that to be bragging about me. Forget about me. Meaning, they never met a preacher that was able to identify with everything they was telling me. Everything. Whether it was on the corner, whether it was carrying around weapons, I don't care what they came up with. This preacher was able to say, yeah, you remember so-and-so? Because this is what I did. If you don't hear me, I don't know who you're going to hear again. It's, it's cool for a preacher that was raised in this to come and preach to you. Good word is still God's word. It's cool. But listen to me. When somebody that was really consumed by our world in every way come and preach the word to you, hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying unto you. Matthew chapter 13, verse number 44. Matthew 13, verse 44. The word of the Lord says in verse 44, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man had found, he hid it, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he had and buyeth that field. Let me tell you, God worked me over with this text. There's a lot of people preach this a lot of different ways, but I feel confident as I stand before you this morning that how I'm preaching it is really 
how you're supposed to understand it. Just for a few moments today, I want to talk to you on this topic. The treasure is in the field. The treasure is in the field. Jesus, I just want to do your will this morning. I want to be your conduit, your vessel that you will work through to articulate your word very clearly and succinctly to your people. Lord, I don't want any word that I speak this morning to not have impact. And the only way that can happen is if your spirit quickens me and guide me and work in me and through me. Lord, place me behind the cross that I will not be who they see, but they will hear what the Spirit is saying unto them. Lord, touch the hearts of your people, that their heart will be tender and responsive to the Word of God. And as they receive your Word today, oh, that they will respond in faith and obedience and do what the Word of God has spoken to them and do what the Spirit of God has spoken for them to do. Father, help us today in this place that we will not walk out of here the same way we came in. But today, we will be changed. Today, we will not ever be the same again. Today, our eyes will be open. Today, we will make a declaration that this is the way we will live moving forward. Have your way in this place, in our hearts, in our minds, in our thoughts, as we ask, Lord, that the gifts of the Spirit operate. Let lives be changed. That somebody will behold today. Somebody delivered today. Somebody be saved today. Somebody be set free today. In the name of Jesus Christ. Oh God, we give you the praise. We give you the honor for there is none like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Can somebody clap their hands unto the Lord and let out their voice and give the Lord a shout of praise. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. The treasure is in the field. This parable is one of many parables in that one chapter, Matthew chapter 13. A parable is a short, simple story designed to communicate a spiritual truth, godly principle, or moral lesson. It's a figure of speech in which truth is illustrated by comparison or example drawn from everyday experiences. Hmm. In the text we just read concerning the hidden treasure, it's a parable given to us to teach us the tremendous value of the kingdom of God. If you go back and read these parables in, in Matthew chapter 13, it says, the kingdom of God is like. So it's talking about the kingdom and what the kingdom is like. So that's what it's directing us to understand. But certainly Jesus will show us a whole lot more than just what we can see on the surface. Treasures were often buried for safekeeping. You hear me? Way back in the day, treasures were often buried for safekeeping. The most likely circumstance envisioned here of the text we just read is that of a laborer who, while working in the field of a wealthy landowner, found the treasure but covered it up 
and didn't tell the owner of the property. He went away knowing where the treasure was. The laborer then the laborer then went and sold everything he owned. Somebody say everything. Everything he owned and invested all his resources into that field to procure the treasure. <laughs> Somebody say everything he owned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why would anyone take such a risk of cashing in his or her life savings? And everything own, they own, all of their investments to purchase this treasure. The logical answer is this. The treasure was way more valuable than all that that person owned or had for themselves. So when they realized that this treasure was more than everything I own, more than all my resources, they said, here is what I need to do. In order for me to get that treasure, it's worth it to sell everything I have, to sell everything I own, and go and purchase the land where the treasure is because the treasure in the land is way more valuable than everything I own. That's what the thought of that laborer was. In order for me to ever get that treasure, I need to give up all that I've got, but it will be well worth it because all that I have don't add up to that treasure. Mm, help me, Holy Ghost. Something that stuck out to me in this parable was that I just couldn't stop pondering. It was, it was quite interesting. That laborer could not purchase the treasure by itself. He had to purchase the field in order to obtain the treasure. Help me, Holy Ghost. According to the, 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 the rabbi law, if a worker come across a buried treasure in someone else's field and lifted it out, the treasure would belong to the owner of the field. In this story, the labor was careful not to lift out the treasure out of the field to obtain this treasure, which far suppressed or surpassed the value of everything he had. He would have to sell everything he had so he could buy the field. This he did joyfully. He didn't do it. Oh, man, I'm taking a big risk here. Oh, man, I can't believe this. I got to give this up. You know, yeah, I'm going to get something more valuable, but I got to give this up. No, he did it with joy. Whenever you find something more valuable and better than anything you have, better than anything you possess, it's nothing to give it all up to get that thing that's more valuable than what you got. Why are we, as people of God, hesitating to give up? Why are we afraid to give up everything for the kingdom of God? It's more valuable than anything you own. It's more valuable than anything you could ever have. 
of us that have come to God. We're coming like we're doing God a favor. We're coming in the house of God like we're doing Him a favor. Oh, I'll go to church today. Maybe God will be happy about it. God don't need your favor because what you got ain't more valuable than what God has got. This thing is so valuable. You don't have nothing to compare to this. Your education don't compare to this. Your job don't compare to this. Your houses and investment houses uh, don't compare to this. Your investment, uh, your 401k, it does not compare to this. It doesn't matter what you got. It don't compare to this. What are you afraid of giving up? What are you afraid of losing? When you go get this, what are you afraid of losing? Whenever we come to discover who the Lord Jesus is and his kingdom, it should be nothing for us to give up all worldliness. All. Why are we fussing? Why are we worried about, do I have to do this? Why do I have to look like this? Why do I have to dress like this? Why do I have to live like this? Because this is more valuable. This is better than what you got. That's why. The laborer understood that by purchasing the field, watch me, hear me real good this morning. The laborer understood that by purchasing the field to get the treasure, he would now have to care for the field. We are, we are deceived and we have been tricked. By thinking that the things we want, we can only get it without anything else. Everything you get has a string attached. Everything you will ever get or try to achieve, there's strings attached. You might not know it, but tell me what you think is valuable that you're going to get and there's no strings attached. When you got your job, did you think you would be doing all that you're doing right now? Okay, strings attached. You didn't understand what was all entailed. And so many of us, whatever we decide we want to do, when we decide to start smoking weed, oh, it felt good the first few times smoking weed, but now we want to stop and we can't stop. Strings attached. Lips get black. Strings attached. There is nothing you will go after that supposedly and even not supposedly that's valuable without a string attached. And so God want me to tell you, you want my treasure. You want my treasure, but you don't want my feel. 
You want my treasure. You want my treasure, but you don't want to have nothing to do with my field. You want my treasure, but you don't want to take care of the field. You just want to have the treasure. You just want to enjoy the treasure. And nothing in this world or outside this world worked that way. You can't just have valuables by itself. The laborer understood that the treasure came with the field. He would have to keep the treasure, the, the field manicured. He would have to cultivate the field. He would now have the responsibility to plant yearly crop and reap them in the field. All the responsibilities of the field would now be his. But that did not deter him. The treasure was so valuable that he didn't care how much he would have to labor in the field to upkeep it. The treasure was so valuable that he did not care what it would cost him to take care of the field. Here's something God dropped in my spirit about it. But we so deceive. Oh, God help me. I'm telling you, God has downloaded this message in me. I just want to run. I Sometimes I'm just so overwhelmed by God. I am so overwhelmed by him. But, but what he showed me in this text again, he says, Wayne, look at this. They're worrying about what they have to do to take care of my field. But if they own the treasure, the field is going to be taken care of easily. They're running. They're, they're thinking about all this stuff and don't realize with all the treasure that you got, the field can be taken care of easily. You can hire servants to help you take care of the field, but your mind is so screwed up. You're looking at the field and forgetting about the values of the treasure. We're always worrying, and that's the work of Satan. When Jesus told Adam and Eve, you might eat of all the trees in the garden except for one, the devil made them focus on one tree as opposed to all the other trees that God said they can have. The devil will always cause you to be focused on something that's not even valuable. You have all the values and you're worried about the things you don't have. God help us today. The kingdom of God must be so valuable to us as the treasure was to that laborer who found it. It should be when we discover the kingdom of God through the preaching, through the teaching, or through the reading of the word of God. We must give up our current life that we can gain the kingdom life. But unfortunately... We probably don't think the kingdom life is worth anything. This is why so many of us are procrastinating. This is why so many of us are hesitant. This is why so many of us are saying, well, I would go to church today, but I got something to do. Church, you don't understand what this kingdom life is about. You don't understand what this treasure is all about. You aren't thinking straight and clearly. But God has sent me here this morning to help you think straight and to help you think clearly. To not let you be deceived anymore in thinking that what you are aspiring for, what you think is important, God sent me here to tell you it is not more important than the kingdom. 
to keep with the theme of the parable of the hidden treasure when we realize that the kingdom life is more valuable than our worldly life. We should give up our worldly life without hesitation that we may gain the kingdom life. Why are we hesitating to give up our worldly life? What is so special about our life? What is so valuable about our life? I've done enough funerals, especially over the past three years. I've done enough funerals to watch how many people just come and go. Our life is but a vapor that appeared for a little time. Then it vanishes away. I've watched people come and go. So many people are dying. Then what? What happens to what you thought was valuable? What happened to it? Where did it go? And then the people that you hope to leave it for, they could care two cents about it. They don't like your car. They want to sell your car to get their car. They don't like your house. They want to sell your house to go buy their house. But we think that the treasures that we're storing up is so important that it keeps us from church. It's so important that it keeps us from prayer meetings. It's so important that it keeps us from living the kingdom life. God help us. God help us. The fact of the matter is you cannot have, listen to me, because this is what a lot of people are trying to do. The fact of the matter is you cannot have both the worldly life and the kingdom life. God is so amazing how he made this thing work. You cannot have both lives. You cannot have the kingdom life and then have this earthly life. Why? You cannot afford them both. Because life is for life. You only got one life. So if you only have one life, how can you use your one life to live two lives? One life can't live two lives. It's an exchange. Either I'm going to take the life that I got and live this worldly life, or I'm going to exchange the life that I got for the kingdom life. I can't do both. Because I can't afford both. If I had two lives, then maybe I could have some kingdom life. I purchased the kingdom life, then I purchased the worldly life. If I had two lives, only got one life. So show me how we divide one into two. That's what we're trying to do, living for a little bit of the kingdom and a little bit of the world. It's impossible. But we're still trying it. And I'm here to tell you, God sent me to tell you, impossible cannot work. You want me to tell you why it's impossible? Matthew chapter 16 verse 24 tells us it's impossible. Watch it. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Okay, that's pretty tough, but we still didn't get to the real point of that. For whosoever will, will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Cool. Here's the good text. Because God, God downloaded this so good, he gave me all the perfect scriptures for every point that he's making to me. Watch this. Verse 26. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? Or, watch it, what shall a man give? What you going to do? You got one. What you going to do with it? Because you can't use it for two things. One life, you either exchange it for eternal life or you exchange it for this earthly life. What are you going to do with the one life? Exchange. 
exchange. And so the bottom line is you can't live two lives. So if you're deceiving yourself and thinking that you're juggling both, I'm giving God something, but I got to do some stuff for myself, you are deceived. I'm trying to be as nice as I can. But that's a deception because you can't do both. That's why the scripture says you can't serve God and mammon. God takes all or nothing. That's the kind of God we serve. And he is just for doing that. Why? Because, like some people want to think, he didn't send his son to the cross. Yes, if you want to be, I don't know, if you want to be correct according to how some people want to say it. But when you know who he is, you realize he didn't send his son to the cross. He himself went to the cross. He became the son. He became the son. He didn't didn't have a separate son and he said, oh son, you're going to the cross. No, he became the son because he taught us you only got one life. You only got one life. And that one life, you've got to have to decide how you want to use it. And you don't have another person. This is why, oh my God, why you keep doing this to me? This is why God have a big problem with when we mistreat one another. Because what we try to do sometimes is take advantage of other people. We got our own life and we're trying to get other people to, to participate in our life. So, in essence, we're trying to get two lives. Oh God. Oh, God, you don't want to hear from this preacher this morning. You don't have two lives, and you can't take somebody else's life and make it your own. you got one life, and you got to decide what you're going to do with it. It's a no-brainer to give up your worldly life to gain the kingdom life. It's right to give up your worldly life to gain the kingdom life, which is more valuable than your worldly life. Some of us are missing out on God because we have no clue the satisfaction. We have no clue of the goodness of when you just give your life up for Christ. Somebody said to me, man, you always got something going. I said, and as long as I'm doing it for God, I love it. It does not matter. Last night, I touched down in Philadelphia at 12.20, midnight, little after midnight, 12.20. I wasn't upset. I wasn't frustrated. I took my time. and I didn't take my time. I did. I drove real hard up the highway. And I got home, and I was glad, and I woke up early this morning to just finish up, put the finishing touches on this message, and I'm happy. I don't care about tiredness. I don't care about nothing. This is what I'm living for. This is my life. And let me help you. This ain't no preacher's life. This is a kingdom life, which we're all supposed to live. Because when preachers say that, y'all think, oh, you the preacher. No, God has called us all to a kingdom life. All of us is supposed to exchange our life for the kingdom life. This ain't just the preacher's life. We're all supposed to give it all up for Jesus if we plan to do something. In Luke chapter 12, verse 32, the scripture says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We just, I wish we would stop and just begin to think about the goodness of God and what he's do, what he does for us. Instead of just thinking in this little thought. Jesus used 
this story to stir his hearers to seek a treasure far greater than any on earth. Rich treasure is counted an excellent thing, and therefore it is much desired. The hearts of mankind naturally run after riches and earthly treasures. Jesus Christ, on this account, may be compared to the treasure. Just like the dude sold everything he had. I just heard something in the spirit. Somebody just said he he ain't had nothing, so he wasn't losing nothing. That's how our mind works. So because he had one car instead of two car, because he had a little two-bedroom condo instead of a nice five-bedroom big old house, because he didn't have much, it was easy for him to do that, huh? <laughs> it doesn't matter what we own here on the earth. It doesn't compare. It doesn't compare. Nothing is more valuable than Jesus. So don't, don't belittle the man or the woman that had little and gave it all up for Jesus to say they didn't have much and that's why they gave it up. All of us, no matter what we have, need to give it all up for Jesus. Uh-huh. I'm finishing up here. In 2 Corinthians 4 and 7, the scripture says this. Man, God, you are so good. But we have this treasure in earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. <laughs> oh, Lord. We now go from the actual earth where the treasure was hidden to the human earth, earthen vessel. We were made of dirt. So now the text moved us from the ground where he hid the treasure to say, now I want you to realize God is always moving to something. There's always an end game with God. There's always a, a, a place where he's taken us. And so he took us from understanding treasure hidden in the ground. Buy the whole ground, you get the treasure in the ground, you got to take care of that. But it's valuable, so you give up what you have to get that. Now he moves the same kind of thought to a different kind of understanding. Before Jesus placed his treasure in us, the Holy Spirit. He purchased us with his blood. Let me tell you, God downloaded this to me, so I know I cannot even explain to you how heavy and good this is to me. The man that was laboring had to go purchase the field to get the treasure. Jesus is so good. He's God Almighty, and he never circumvent the system. He built the system, and he doesn't take advantage of the system. He don't say, I built this, so I do whatever I want. He's so good. And so what he has done is he's shown us. He showed us the natural. And then now he switches it to the spiritual. And he says, you people, all of you, I created you. I love you. I can call you my own. But I didn't even just call you my own. I showed you that you were my own because I purchased you with my precious blood. 
you are the field. If you will go and read the scripture back in um, Matthew 13, you will see we are considered the field. Watch it. We'll take you there. Give you some understanding before we close. In 1 Peter 1 and 18. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold. What was in that treasure? Silver and gold and all this stuff. God is so, uh-uh. From your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Before the Lord filled us with his spirit, he purchased us. The scripture you just read about heavenly treasure in earthen vessel. Humans carrying around the Holy Spirit. And so as humans, God filled us with his spirit. But before he filled us with his spirit, he purchased the field. This is why he put up with your mess. Come on, you better, you better stop letting me go so far. Follow me. This is why he puts up with your mess. Because he purchased the field. I told you earlier, the field, when you buy the field to get the treasure, you got to cultivate the field. You got to manicure the field. You got to make sure the field is right. You got to take care of it because the field is now yours. When we bought this property, fence got to get put up, grass got to get mowed. We didn't just buy this building. We bought the property. Same principle. You bought the field with the treasure in it. So now you got the treasure. Oh, this is wonderful. But you can't let the field get messed up. Got to cut the grass. Got to keep it manicured. Got to plant stuff in it. And Jesus is showing us in the spiritual why he still puts up with our mess because we are the field and we're messed up and we're a mess and he has to keep on manicuring us. He has to keep cultivating us because it was so important that he put the treasure oh my God, the Holy Ghost. He wanted to put it in us and so he purchased the field and he imparted the treasure in the field and so he still owns the field he is the treasure. He owns the field. He can't just let the field stay all messed up. So when you make a mess, he cleans it up. Because he purchased you. He owns you. And he can't just let you just be a mess. He has to take care of what belongs to him. Oh my God, I wish. I don't know somebody getting this today. My God, my God. If this don't make you want to live for God, I don't know what will. I don't know what will. It is the treasure within the vessel that gives the vessel its value. I'm not taking no shot at anybody. But we don't become valuable until Jesus is living in us. Listen to me. Because what we do outside of Christ, it won't last. It won't, warrant, it won't give us anything eternal. So we only become valuable. And we only begin to do valuable things 
when the treasure is now in us. We are vessels so God might use us. We are earthen vessels so that we might depend on God's power and not our own power, which we ain't got none. We must focus on the treasure and not on the vessel. And you're quiet with that. I had a Bible scholar over there that says, amen, because he knew what I meant. And that will help us stay strong in Christ if we focus on what's in us and not what is outside of us. If we not focus on this flesh and the desires of this flesh, but focus on the spirit that's within us, that's what will keep us. That's what will just continue to move us from, from, from glory to glory because we have the spirit of God working in us. In our flesh, we can't do anything. No. Paul's focus was not on this perishable earthen container. That's what we are. Perishable earthen container. We put the casket in the ground yesterday, leave it down there long enough, and this body is going to deteriorate and go back to the ground, the dust, the dirt that it came from. We are perishable earthen containers. But on its priceless content, the power or the powerful indwelling presence of God is what makes us anything. The Lord Jesus has chosen you. Stand with me. The Lord Jesus has chosen you as his earthen vessel. However, before you can live the life of a chosen vessel, you must first discover the treasure of Christ and his kingdom and give up your life for the treasured life. There's a treasured life that awaits you. Listen to me. I didn't give um, audiovisual this text. <laughs> Matthew chapter 25. God was still downloading. Last, this is the last thing he downloaded to me. Matthew 25. <laughs> In verse number 24, the scripture says in verse 24, Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid. Here is something that God showed me last day. That man hid the treasure because that's what they were accustomed to doing. Didn't we just read that? Did we read that in our first text? That the treasure was hidden in the field and that's what people did back in the day. Did you, so now, here's revelation. Now you know why the guy did it. However, we have to be careful of tradition. Because when Christ comes into our life, tradition is not how we live our life. We live our life according to Christ. And that's where he made the mistake. Because he was trying to do traditional things. Let me go hide this thing here in the dirt. 
as we have done in the past. And Jesus wanted him to know, are you kidding me? Here is the message of it. When the treasure is now imparted in you, it should no longer be hidden. Jesus. I don't know if you ever, I don't know if this message helped you today. The natural treasure is hidden under the dirt. You get it and you do what you want with it. The kingdom of God is supposed to be that way. When you find it, you sell everything. You give up your life and take the kingdom. But when you receive the infilling, the indwelling of the Holy Ghost, you are not supposed to hide it. You're supposed to walk around and let people see. And that was Jesus' goal all along. He builds his text. He shows us in the word of God how he is going someplace and how we need to follow what he's doing. He's the shepherd and he's leading us and he's showing us what he's doing. And what he's doing is he's going somewhere. He's taking us somewhere. But it's up to us to figure out by following. And too many of us have the Holy Ghost and don't realize the treasure that is within us. People today, when they have a little something, something, most of them, they flaunt it. They want you to know they're doing well. The whole world has gotten like that. There was a time where some people had some stuff, and they kind of act like they didn't have no stuff. But the way how the world has been changing, it's, it, it feels like it's, it's forcing people to start showing what they have. I just brought that up to just say, you ain't got riches. If you do, great. Not that valuable compared to the kingdom. But most of us don't have riches. But we have the riches of all riches. The Holy Ghost dwelling in us. And we shouldn't be hiding it. And one of the reasons why we're struggling and living for God is because we're hiding the Holy Ghost. The very thing that's supposed to empower us. The very thing that's supposed to strengthen us. The very thing that makes us able to do the things we ordinarily could not do, we're hiding it. This is why Jesus went and says, throw that unprofitable servant where in hell where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Because what God went through, what God went through to put his treasure in you and you treat it like it's no big deal, you ain't worthy. Me, any one of us, we not worthy to go and be with him in eternity. His very, very self, he imparted us and we walk around like, <laughs> yeah, whatever, I'm still trying to get rich. I'm still trying to get my thing. When you got the Holy Ghost, you got more riches than all the riches in the world. But we got to start seeing it that way. We have to start seeing the Spirit of God in us as riches that is out of this world. Our riches is out of this world. It's not riches of this world. The riches of this world is corrupt. The Bible talks about gold and silver that is corrupt. The Holy Ghost is pure. No corruption. No spot. No blemish. Nothing. Everything else is blemished. Everything else is not pure. It's corruptible. 
And God is saying to us, are you going to keep walking around with me in you like it's no big deal? Heavenly treasure in earthen vessels. We are the earthen vessels. God showed us from the natural and took us to the spiritual. I pray to God. I don't know what else to say to you because my soul just desired to see change in people to say God is everything. He's more important and more valuable and I gotta not just say it. Forget about saying it. Forget about saying it. Don't even bother saying it. I did a wedding Wednesday before I left here. And they said their vows. If all they do was say their vows and never do what the vows said, they ain't going to be married long. So we can't just say to God, God, I believe your word. God, your word is true. We can't just read the word of God. We can't just listen to the word of God. It doesn't matter. It's what we do with the word that matters. People cut down on church attendance. We can make all the excuses in the world all we want. There ain't a lot of churches that's good anymore. Pray and tell God, send me to a good church. If we're sincere about what we're saying, pray and say, God, send me to a good church. Because guess what? He knows where a good church is. He will never send you to any church other than what's a good church. So if you don't think there's any good church around, and that's why you haven't gotten serious about God, how about you pray now and tell God, send me to a good church? Because the bottom line is, we're making excuses as to what we're not doing. And God has given me a clear word for you this morning. The treasure is in the field. God purchased the field with his very own blood. And he put his greatest treasure in the field. And because he owns the field, he takes care of the field. He don't leave it to just be a mess. We got to hear the word of God today. For some of us, we need to make a declaration that we need to let this word change us. Tomorrow is not promise. To try to think that you need to do it some other time. If you're here today and you've never been baptized, I don't know what you're waiting for. This is a clear word. Sometimes you don't get baptized because you might not understand the word of God. I don't know if I confused you today. If I did, come and see me after service. But if it was clear to you, you need to now make the next step in what God has spoken into your heart. So if you've never been baptized, the baptism tank is over here. You don't have to spend a whole lot of time. We got robes, we got towels, got everything. You can get baptized. If you've never been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you need to just lift your hands and praise and worship God today, and he will fill you with the Holy Ghost. If you've never or you're struggling in some way, shape, or form, you need to come forward and pray to God today and say, God, I've heard your word. I'm the field. You care about the field. I'm a mess. You care about a mess because you own me. So now, Lord, will you do what you need to do in me to get me cleaned up? You can clean me up because you own me. If you want to be cleaned up by God today, he can clean you up. You just got to come. Oh, help me, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, have your way. I pray somebody will respond to your word today, Lord. I pray somebody will respond to your word today, Lord. 
Oh, in the name of Jesus Christ, will somebody hear the word of God? Will somebody respond to the word that's been spoken into their hearing and not take the word of God for granted today? Don't you worry. God has spoken. He used me as his vessel. That's all I am. He spoke through me, but he spoke to you. And if you will hear what God is saying and do what God has spoken into your spirit. Come on, you can give your life today to God. Repent of your sins. Be baptized in Jesus' name. If you haven't spoken in tongues in a long time, you need to pray, worship the Lord, and let Him refill you and renew you in the Spirit of God. Oh, church, don't look at me. Look to heaven. Look to the Lord and say, help me today, Jesus. Somebody has heard the Word of God. Somebody has understood the word of God. Somebody is responding. But more of us should be responding. More of us should be crying out to God. More of us should be seeking God. This is not a joke. This message was from the Lord. And he wants us to hear it. Will somebody hear the word of God? Will somebody hear the word of God? Hear what the Spirit is saying unto you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, worship the Lord. Seek His face today. Cry out to Him and say, God, Your will be done, not my will. Oh, hallelujah. Let God have His way. Let Him have His way. Let Him have His way. Sing every knee will bow. This is your day. God is calling. You are a chosen vessel of God. You are a chosen vessel. Respond by giving yourself to Him. Surrender all to Jesus. Surrender all to Jesus. You are Lord. Oh, yes, yes, yes.
many years. And here you are today. I've never forgotten about you. I've always been there for you. And I will keep you. You will do what I want you to do. This is your hour. This is your day. Surrender to me. I will keep you. I will uphold you. I will provide for you. I will be your protector. I will be your defender. I will make sure no weapon from against you will prosper. Something was given to you. Something was given to you. 
something divine. Something divine was given to you. Oh, God has transmitted something to you. Now receive and understand that God does not make mistakes. Yes, you. God has given you something. Now let him work in you and through you. Let him use you because you are a chosen vessel. You are a chosen vessel of God. Let him work in you and through you. Yes, he wants to work in you because he had invested in you. He invested in your previous generation and that generation passed it down to you. Now receive and understand that what you have in you, it was something that God put in you. It was something you receive because of the generations before you. Now let God work in you. Let that fire burn. Let that fire burn. Let that fire burn. Let that fire burn. Let that Holy Ghost fire burn. Let it burn. Let it overtake you. Let it burn within you. Let it begin to manifest on the outside. Somebody will see you and says she's on fire. The fire is consuming her, but she's not being burnt because you are the vessel of God. You are the chosen vessel of God. You will not be consumed by the fire. You will just be a carrier of the fire. <laughs> God is opening your eyes. Yes, He is, Josiah. He's opening your eyes. He's getting ready to show you things that you did not understand before. He's getting ready to do things that you did not know about. He's getting ready to give you your own testimony. Not mama's testimony, not daddy's testimony, not your brother's testimony. You're getting ready to get your own testimony. I see where God is going to do something mighty. He's going to do something miraculous in your life. Oh, yes, there's a, there's a call. There's a work that God is doing in you. Just yield to him. Just know that it's God. Everything, the questions that you have, the things that are happening to you that you can't explain, it's God. That's the way he works. Just let him have his way. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, quicken him by your spirit. Stir up the gift that's inside of him. And Lord, give him the boldness and the confidence to know, Lord God, that it's you and not him. It's you, Lord, that's working in him and through him. God, have your way in Josiah. Have your way in Josiah. Your will be done, Lord. 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 Oh my God. Church, the Holy Ghost is speaking to us. God is speaking to us, church. God is speaking to us, church. I don't know what else to do. God is speaking to us. Let God do what He wants. Don't resist Him today. Don't resist God today. This could be your final chance. Don't let grace run out and you never respond. God is speaking to you. Say, yes, I will, Lord. And not just say, yes, I will with your voice, but say, yes, I will in your actions. Say, yes, I will in your actions.
Hear the voice of God this morning, church. Hear the Spirit, what He's saying to you. He knows what you're going through. He sent me here to preach this word to you. Because you need to know all the struggles is worth it. The treasure that's in you, the treasure that God wants to put in you is so worth all the struggles. It's so worth all the the challenges that you face. It's so worth all that you go through. The treasure is so much more valuable than the struggle. It's so much more valuable than your pain and your hurt. It's worth it. It's worth it to sacrifice, to push through, and to trust the Lord and hold on to the treasure. Oh. Oh, hallelujah. 